Champagne Soccer, we back. The World Cup is still rocking. It's a lot of interesting things happening off the pitch also. I'm always here with a hey, the best gang out here, man. Marcus, Ephraim, Anthony, Claytis, what's going on, y'all? What's happening? You? What's going on? What's good, man? What's good? Hey, everybody, I hope all of y'all are moving safe. No fake passports like the 2002 Brazil national team. Yeah, oh, that, a lot of sickles on that team, man. A yeah, lot they, was, <laughs> they was moving dirty, Clay. <laughs> 11 kids, bro? Hey, man, that, that, you know, that's calm in Brazil, though. Yeah, yeah. come on. Yeah, man. That's very calm in Brazil. And you're a World Cup winner. You're a god out there. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, let's... Uh, before we go back into some heartache of our favorite teams falling out of the World Cup, let's talk about the matches today. We can start with uh, the first match. Morocco advances to the quarterfinal. They become the fourth African nation to achieve this feat after Cameroon in 1990, Senegal in 2002, and Ghana in 2010. Uh, this is the second time I believe Spain has gotten knocked out of the World Cup on penalties back to back tournaments. So, what did you guys think about the match? And I, I want Anthony to start because you know his propaganda against Gabby is hitting extra hard today because he looks correct. Claytis, I know you feel him too. Yeah. So, um, I start holding up my banner for uh, Musiala. Uh, very high when he played Spain and took on Gavi and Pedri and outdanced them. And I was like, yo, he's a fraud. He's fake. Why is that little boy wearing number nine? And Murata came in and scored, helped him out. All through the group stages, Murata came in, scored, helped him out. And I was saying, this little boy is a fraud. Give him number something, number 40, number 88, something that's not number nine. Why is he starting? And today I'm watching the match. And all of a sudden he's dropping back, not at false nine stuff. He was losing the ball trying to play right back. I'm like, hey, man, what's this little kid doing? Losing the ball, running around. Put a striker in. They played themselves trying to make their golden boy live up to the moment when it wasn't calling for him. He couldn't handle it. Pedri looked nice. He was good. He was solid. But having that little kid trying to play a nine like that or just running around when you got Murata, who actually can get you goals when you need goals, yeah, man, they, they set themselves up. Before uh, anyone else picks up, let me just uh, say it looks like uh, the tactical setup, you know, of course, Spain, they don't know what a striker is anymore. So false nine, they tried to keep the same uh, midfield three of Pedri, Gavi, Busquets. Looks like the front three was Danny Almo on the left, Asensio down the middle, and Ferran Torres on the right. So... If anybody else wants to pick up, what what do they think Spain did wrong? Or was it more about Morocco being just correct with their game plan? I mean, I think when it comes to Spain and they're playing like games that are worth the value where they need to progress to the next round, they're not up for the challenge. I feel like they're just, they don't have that killer instinct. And a lot of their players are so used to that 
you know, that Barcelona ticket taka you know, style, but I call it TikTok nowadays, where, you know, they want to create the space, but even though they're able to create the space, they don't have anybody that's able to finish for them. So that definitely hurt them um, in this game. And then it goes back to like Morocco just showing more heart and just wanted to win it a little bit more than that Spain did today, honestly. Yeah, I think I'm sorry, Dan. And, oh, and, I, and I pretty much echo what Claytis and Anthony said. I think I think Anthony made a good point. Like, you know, you got a number nine on the bench. You want to play Asensio, he's a winger. Um, you know, I mean, you know, to, to Claytis's point, you know, that tiki taka, TikTok, whatever you want to call it, that style. Is it, you know, I sent you guys that little uh thing from ESPN. Like, is it is it over? Is it is it done? Are we seeing the end of, of that style of uh, football at the international level? Uh, so that, that begs that question. And I also agree as well. I think multiple things can be true. I think Morocco just, you know, did their thing defensively. They, you know, they, they stood their ground. You know, I didn't watch much of the game. I had to watch some highlights. But, yeah, I mean, so – I don't know. Spain Spain needs to really look at their attacking options and and look at how they can be more creative because that's what they're lacking. They're lacking some creativity at the top. Um, you know, I don't know how much longer Busquets is going to be there. I'm not saying he's going to be he's the problem because uh, clearly they're not getting scored on that much, and so it's not like he's letting up. You know, uh, you know, letting uh, people get through the back uh, back four, but. Still, I mean, they they have to do some work. They're not an old team. They're pretty. They're still pretty young as well. So they got some work to do, but they got to find some attacking options and not some wingers trying to play number nines. So, yeah. And uh, before Marcus, you add in. I just wanted to say that uh, people might forget that. Yeah, they play tiki taka whoop de whoop. But two thousand eight Euros, two thousand ten World Cup, their leading score was David Villa, a striker. 2012 Euros, even though Fabregas was playing as the false nine, their leading score was Fernando Torres, a striker. So they've always had a striker when they were at their peak. Now they don't, and we see the shortcomings. So uh, go ahead, Marcus. First off, I'll say is um, them blue jerseys might have been a jinx. Um, But... (laughs) It, it to me, I would say one thing is like uh Luis Enrique, man. Are you more interested in Twitch than, than finding attackers? Cause Morata actually played a beautiful cross in later in the game and nobody was there to get on it. So I mean, like how you guys said the attacking options were really slim pickings, I guess, for him, because his selection were trash. Um yeah, it seemed more like he got rid of, like, what is it, Thiago for the Golden Boys. He was like, man, F it. I'm going to just go with the Golden Boys. And you see what the Golden Boys did you. You scored against – you scored seven. And then when it matters, you couldn't score nothing. And that penalty, those penalties, that was trash, man. But Bono, big uh, big respect, man. Like you said, severe, severe goalkeeper out here doing his thing. For sure. And uh, Luis Enrique said – the L is on him because the great coaches, they know that players win games and coaches lose them. He said, I picked the first three penalty kickers. They all got it wrong. I told them before the tournament, all of them, practice a thousand penalty kicks. He knew this team was going to come down to penalties because they can dominate possession. But if a team sets up correctly, 
they got no answer for it. And yeah, it looks like they got punished. Luis Enrique, one of his quotes is, football is a marvelous, passionate sport, but a team can win without attacking. Morocco attacked once or twice and were dangerous, but we dominated the game completely and tried to create. We would have liked to create more. It was hard for us. We had 11 shots, I think, but few on goal. In the final move of the game, Pablo Sariba hit the post. The penalty shootout was hard for us. I'm proud of my players. So it is what it is. But uh, last thing, last thing I would say is I, I use his tactics on football manager. And what's funny is recently the same thing has happened. My guys shoot a lot, but none of them going in. So um, yeah. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you something. Those Luis Enrique tactics look beautiful when he had uh, Luis Suarez, Neymar, and Messi striking back in the day. So, hey, <laughs> sometimes it comes down to the talent, too. But speaking of talent, how can you deny the firepower Portugal has after they smoke Switzerland 6-1? Cristiano Ronaldo and João Cancelo did not start. But it didn't matter because Goncalo or Gonzalo Ramos, uh, Benfica striker, had his hat trick. Pepe added in. Uh, Rafael Guerrero, Rafael Leal scored for Switzerland. Akanji scored. What did y'all think about this game? We got the wrong striker from Benfica. Shit. Homie was uh, was lethal today, man. That's what I would say. It was it was pretty hilarious to me how Ronaldo on the bench they start dropping, they start doing numbers because them young legs can get in spaces that he can't get in. Um, they look they were solid in the back until late in the game when you got uh the city the city uh defender getting that that uh nice little goal. But shoot, they they was they were pretty solid out there, man. What is that? That homie got the first uh. Yeah, the first hat trick of the World Cup so far. Yeah, but uh, Ephraim, what did you think about the game? And were you surprised Cristiano didn't start? But they were also deadly on the counterattack as well. So, you know, it, it showed they, they had a pretty dynamic way of, of getting goals today. Not saying it's going to happen against every team they play, but they look dangerous. They look really good. And even without Cancelo... You know, Delo, I think, uh, you know, I mentioned it in the chat earlier. You know, he's been playing lights out for Manchester United. Easily the second, maybe for, arguably the second, or first or second best player on their team so far this year. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I thought it was great. Um, for sure. Now, uh, what did y'all think about the setup of Portugal? It seemed like, like uh, Marcus said, because they have a younger legs at striker, they were playing more diagonal balls, trying to catch them on the half space because Switzerland was playing in a back three. How did y'all feel about this setup, like uh, Bruno Fernandes playing as a right winger? I liked it. Uh, I, I found I'm it. Sorry, Go ahead. No, no problem. Uh, I found it interesting because uh, I noticed um, Felix was also dropping back and playing more of a, a – a, I guess midfield um handler role, uh what Bernardo would usually play. And he ended up getting um two assists as well. Um 
So uh, to Ephraim's point, without uh, Cristiano being out there, I think it goes to what we talked about a few um, episodes ago about the Ewing effect. And I think um, with him on the bench, this team is going to be able to flourish more. Um, there are actually were Brazil was going to be sort of shaky without Neymar. Portugal on the on the other end will be will thrive without their uh, superstar named player being on the field with them. Word now, I don't know if you've spoken yet, Cletus, but um, what did you think about their midfield? If you have any thoughts about it, looked like Otavio before he was playing as a winger, but they dropped him deeper. Bernardo Silva, he was bossing it with William Carvalho. How did you feel about this setup? From the setup to the attack to everything, this looks like Cristiano's kids coming to save him. That that's that's how I see today's game. Even looking at Leal coming off the bench, um, you know him getting his goal. Um, the Benfica striker. I just feel like, although, yeah, we could say, you know, they look like a really good team without Cristiano, this, this, and that. Um, I think even with Cristiano, they're still going to be a good team. But right now, they have a lot of attacking players who are really young, really dynamic on the wing. Um, they have a lot of creative midfielders in the team. So, I mean, their chances of reaching the semifinals and finals is really, really good. Um, I just kind of hope, you know, we just stop the Cristiano slander, honestly. That's, that's what I ask. Hey, man, we might as well get into it because Cristiano is one of the brothers that is under surveillance. As y'all know, we've been talking about the World Cup and how it's the ultimate form of, you know, expression in the most important league. Basically, you can say, yeah, Champions League, I look at it as the World Cup. That's the ultimate league. Everybody wants to win that. And some players, they dominate for the club. They don't play as well for the national team. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo is not one of these guys. He's the all-time leading scorer for men international soccer. But, hey, he's never scored a knockout goal in the World Cup. Unfortunately, didn't get the chance to do it today. Robert Lewandowski, arguably the, what, third best goal scorer of his generation. That's only because he's in the same generation as Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. He just scored his first World Cup goals this year. And the second one, man, that was a community service. Sympathy award to let them, <laughs> let the homie retake it after he... Wasn't it a penalty? Yeah, man, I don't know. But then, of course, Messi, another one. Plays great for the country. Plays great in the Champions League. Well, plays great in the country certain times. But then he just scored his first knockout goals in the World Cup as well. And we know he's a shit daddy at penalties. Copa America, he misses penalties. He misses one. I forget as well, you know, he he leaves his country when they need him the most. Well, hey, it's he's okay. Like, he's like the Avatar Hank. He leaves a lot. So remember yeah, that. He leaves them. He left them, and then he came back. They almost didn't qualify for the World Cup. They said, Big Papa, help us, and then he had to come back and save the ghetto. So, hey. Cristiano would never. Yeah, he never would, but he gets benched now. Would Messi ever get benched in the World Cup? No. So, hey, it's different levels than ever, right? Would Messi ever get cut in the middle of a season? No. So, some people are more I'm with this. in certain aspects than others. He, but He could push a narrative, but. It's, it's not a, a narrative. It's a fact. 
I mean, yes, yeah, it's still a narrative. He also said the flag, but at the who same, who got time, dropped today? Did Cristiano Ronaldo get dropped today? Yes or no? Who invented that? Yeah, he got dropped, but at the same time, people keep saying he's getting dropped, but he's the same one else that insisted, like, yeah, I see what my team is able to succeed and what we're able to do, and I'm willing to take the back seat to that. And there's nothing you believe that. that you believe that PR nobody stuff. believes that. Right. Nobody believes that. Ever I believe it. Because nah. I've seen it continuously, but well, media, he has no choice. Clarence, I would argue <laughs> that. Yeah, he has no choice, but at the same time, there's a difference between you know the media saying he's being forced to sit down. At the same time, the guy's saying, yeah, I understand. I have to sit down. Like, you can't just say, well, he's sitting down because the coach said he has to sit down. But yeah, that is, is like a one-way street. Who has that's the, what who it has is. The, who has the – who is the boss here? Who's the supervisor? Right. I tell Literally, you to sit down, you can agree with it or not. You're sitting down. That's right. It. And all he has to do – now all he has to do is be humbled and say, yes, I'm going to have to support my team no matter where I am on the pitch. And I feel like Whether he's it's... doing that, but I feel like, you know, the media will never highlight that. Even after the game, you know, they just well, because of how he acted before that he put this on himself. He never had to do that interview. He's the one that chose to do that. Well, See, they did what... put a they did put a little spotlight on him before nah, the they, game. They, really they was like, like, is he moping? Uh, but then he he was he was like hugging Pepe and cheering everybody on. So it's like even after the game, bro, if you look at everything the media's put out before the game and after the game, it's been solely focused on negative on Cristiano, not the highlight of these kids coming out and scoring a hat trick you know, like winning a big game to go to the semifinals, I mean, the quarterfinals, like nobody's highlighting that. It's just, to me, I just view it as like a personal agenda against the guy where you see his team doing all this good, but they're just trying to focus on highlight on oh, Cristiano didn't stay on the field to walk around. But before that, he went to the fans and clapped for, for a while before he left the field. And Clay, I, I'll give you some of that, but but like, like I'll go, all, I'm still going to go back to he. He put this on himself at the beginning, right? If he would have never did that interview, all the cameras and all the focus would have been on him to say, hey, where is he? Like, what's he going to do for the team? This, that, and the other. Not the negative stuff. Is he, is he, he brought is, the is, negative is, stuff on himself. He I did understand that. that. I, understand, I understand what you're saying, but is this United or is this Portugal? I feel it, like it doesn't matter. Of, a lot of this comes stemming from the, the United thing and it's trickling down to Portugal. And it's just now because, you know, he's at the World Cup. We have a chance to like put the spotlight on them, they're going to take advantage of that. If yes. Cristiano, also, if Cristiano, the reason why is because they, who's the best player for them at the World Cup is his former United teammate. That plays a part of it too, that A, they all see. And this has been a conversation amongst the Portuguese national team for years that, hey, how long are we going to act like Cristiano's our best player still? We should be putting it around these young players. When Cristiano came, that is what Cristiano, he is a product of the golden generation of Portugal. When you look at 2004 Euros with Luis Figo and all those guys and they choked the final at home against Greece, he was a part of that building that generation up. They win Euros, they win Nations League. Now you see the after effect of that. The Portuguese talent is basically the most abundant it's ever been. So, hey, it's time to move on. So that's what I think plays a part of it too, Clay. This is that Bruno Fernandez, the same thing at United. What was the discussion? Who do you build the team around? And that was always a conversation. Bruno Fernandez never played great with Cristiano. It's just mm -hmm. some right. some playmakers and strikers don't work together. So I think that plays a part of it too, that people are like, they realize, because you see it. They never, this is the most goals they've scored in the World Cup, I think, ever as a country. 
So they're going to try to play with that narrative too. Like, all right, should they have been starting Cristiano all this long? It's a part of it. He's the most famous athlete in the world. You know what it is. His name sells. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say this first, Clay, and uh, you can you can uh, dump on it afterwards. If he signed that, that deal, Messi wins. That, that that competition should be over with. No more comparing them because Messi will be still in the league that has Champions League while homie over there getting 500 million in Saudi Arabia. He has five Champions League. Yeah, more than Messi. I don't, <laughs> I don't well, I'm talking about I'm talking about longevity. But Messi is two years younger than Cristiano. So I, that's the point. Messi is 35 talking about going to the MLS. When Cristiano was 35, he was leading Syria in goals. So if you're going based on that, Cristiano at 35 is whoa, 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 whoa. Via via penalties? Mr. Penalty kicks that you hey, goals a goal. Sorry. Goals a goal. I'm not agree with that. Goals a goal, baby. Should be mad at Cristiano for being all the goals at Juventus. Yeah. Hey, if Messi could shoot penalties like Cristiano, he would have way more goals. But hey, I'm sorry. That's the game. It is what it is. So I look at it like, all right, people try to real I think people forget Messi is 35, Cristiano's 37. The race that they have, yeah, about who is the most consistent. But based on longevity and the numbers, Messi has the assist totals. But for the goals, everything, like they even said, what? Cristiano's the first person to score in five World Cups. Will Messi be at the next World Cup? Will he last that long? So, hey, I don't know, man. And look, he deserves to get his flowers. There's no, Obviously, there's no doubt about that. You can't even we get close to arguing that point. You know, but you know, it's just it's just that time for these young guys. And and you're right, uh, Claytis. They they should have they should have been focusing more on on the young talent that they have. Uh, they're a great looking team. You know, arguably they could be the the second favorite to win the the World Cup this year the way they look. But uh, you know, like I said, he he's he's just a big figure. He's going to always have that attention, negative or positive. And unfortunately, he's not positive right now. And so he's just always going to have that, you know, that you saw, you saw the, the pick, the, the, all the cameramen when they were singing the national anthem, guess where all the cameramen were looking at him on the bench. So it's just always going to be that way, no matter what. I mean, it would be nice to see how, you know, Sky Sports and the BT boys all start to talk after, you know, the season starts up again, because we don't have no Cristiano to talk about. <laughs> oh, but they will, you know, they will. <laughs> so. See, and that's my issue is like, how long are you going to keep attaching this guy's name to the problem at United, wherever the case may be, fair. you know it's That's not always going to be on him. But you know, we'll see when the seasons kick back up. I'm pretty sure they'll have a a, a two hour segment with Gary <laughs> Devil and Jamie Carragher and, and Roy Keane, you know, talking their nonsense. <laughs> well, Roy Keane actually got his back, so I mean, yeah, but still, you know, they're still going to talk the nonsense. No doubt. Now you're right. All right, now back to the main topic at hand because it wasn't supposed to be this Cristiano heavy, <laughs> Anthony. There's some players that struggle, it seems, for their national teams compared to their clubs. You've made the observation. We all have, I think, that your favorite team, Man City, their players haven't been looking the best. The only one I would say that has been a standout so far is Akanji. Uh, Ruben Diaz and Bruno uh, Bernardo Silva have been solid, but what do you think about that? Do you think that some players just aren't built for the international game or... What's your thought on it? Well, 
I'm going to take it back to our first episode, Dan, and say the only player that's actually doing well is the pivotal guy, Nathan Aki. He's the only one surviving out there without <laughs> the pep. Hey, hey, man, yeah. Hey, he's the only one surviving without the pep uh, software installed in his brain while playing for his international team. He's able to function, do his job. People like De Bruyne was glitching. Yeah, his robot uh, social traits came out, if you were aware, just how the locker room antics or whatever. So he nobody who's not a serial winner like people at City who may have mental issues can handle him. So his own countrymen didn't like him. Uh, who else is geeking out there? Um, Bernardo, he's doing well. He's all right. He's the only functional one because he's, he's a runner. So that's cool. Uh, Cancelo. Dang, man, I feel sorry. He's my favorite player. He's a designer. But Portugal sat him down, and they looked solid. There wasn't no questions uh, defensively that he had to, that somebody had to answer. Uh, Delow was there. He was solid. Um, so it's like my designer players can't handle not being on a pep system. And uh, I wonder if any of y'all have noticed players from um, your teams having issues like that, or is it just just me? Players from my team are balling. I mean, Bruno Fernandes <laughs> could, could, could possibly be one of the better players in the whole tournament. I mean, if not for his own team, right? I think he's number two behind Mbappe for real. No doubt. Uh, he has three assists and two goals, I think. Um, you know, uh, Delo, as you just mentioned, Anthony, he stepped up. As he, he displaced who I thought was one of the best uh, uh, fullbacks in football, honestly, because of the way Cancelo is just cr- crazy creative. Um, but, uh, he displaced him. Um, you know, so a lot of the players from Manchester United are looking pretty decent. I mean, Rashford even coming off the bench scoring for England. Um, he's got three goals in the tournament. How about that? Uh, so as far as ones that are underperforming, I mean, we look at, look at the group stage, look at like Lewandowski. I mean, he, I know they made it out, but look at Lewandowski. Uh, they hit what he had one goal, if I'm not mistaken, the whole time. Um, you know, yeah, the sympathy penalty to give him two. <laughs> right. Uh, you mentioned some people from Spain, Anthony, like like uh, uh Gavi, Javi. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, you know, people like that that are you know they'll play well for their team, but then they get to the World Cup, and it's a totally different story. And I would also argue real quick before I let it go to somebody else. I would also argue like the systems, right? A lot of the guys aren't playing the same systems that they played when they're in their club level, so it changes how they play. Uh, they may not have as much freedom sometimes. Like you mentioned, Bernardo Silva, he, he seems like he plays kind of the same type of role in a way or could yeah. play the same type of role as he would as he would at, at City uh, for his national team. So maybe that helps him out. You know, Bruno Fernandez, the same thing. He gets to play a more free role as he does with Manchester United. He's allowed to go all over the pitch at United. He's Same thing with Portugal. He plays on the wing, but he comes inside as well. So he, he's allowed to have that freedom. So players like that, they're allowed to express themselves a lot more, I think, are can play a lot better. Look at Brazil. I mean, the way they play anyway, uh, no matter where they are, it seems like. So they always have that freedom to just show off sometimes, sometimes to their detriment, as we've seen in past uh, tournaments. But they are allowed to have that freedom sometimes. So I think it's just a mix of, like, the systems that they play in with their club, the system they play in when they get to the national level, and then, you know, uh, and just yeah, just sometimes just underperforming just as a, in general. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you. E. 
Um, because I forgot about Foden, and I feel like he's been uh balling out when given the chance, just because the system sort of resembles uh cities. But on the opposite end, when you brought up Spain, it reminded me about Laporte. And goodness gracious, if Pep wasn't watching Rodri playing center back, I'm gonna be spooked, man. It's gonna be some tweaking going on, and I bet you I see Rodri dropping the 200 passes as center back in a city match coming near you. So yeah, once once uh, Phillips gets healthy, yeah, I can see that too. <laughs> yeah. Marcus, you said you you on the other side, low-key, in a joking way, you you waiting for brothers to come home to get ready for the... Hey, <laughs> England, go home. Okay? Netherlands, go home. Brazil, I don't know. I, I'm cool with Brazil. Fabinho, he, need, he needs he needs to go on vacation. He was looking very, very not lit during the season. But to go with uh, the point of this one, I would say my out of place people actually Fabinho is one. He can't he can't displace Fred. Um, hey. shit. <laughs> shit. United is the United World Cup, man. Bruh. Well, I would argue with Casemiro real quick. Not Fred. He's trying to replace. Well, I would think he has a better chance of displacing uh, Fred than Casemiro because, I mean, I think Fabinho, when given, he can actually pass. He can actually advance with the ball. And he don't do that at Liverpool. So um, my second player would be Trent. He can't get off the bench. He can't get off the bench unless the game is like 4-0 damn near. (laughs) So... um, those are my like not informed, I guess, but hey, put some respect on Hendo. Hendo out here being the super recruiter, getting the goal from the future Liverpool player. Y'all know. Sick bromance. They look like they were working on that together one on one after the joint. It was weird. They put heads to heads together. What was that? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it worked, Uncle. It worked. We did it. It was yeah, it was nasty, but hey. Playtis, what inspired this conversation was uh Robert Lewandowski, your boy. I mean, you and I was just talking about you know yeah. him in the World Cup, and then we had that little conversation. Uh, but before we go on that topic, hey, has has Trent played in this World Cup? Yeah, the blowout, the blowout. He came on, okay. but he hasn't seen it the pitch since. And I think what is that? The game they had already uh they sold up when they just swapped the whole lineup. I think he started oh, yeah. that one. Last match. And oh, yeah, Arsenal's best player, Saka, England's best player at the World Cup. Go ahead, uh, Cletus. Lewandowski, 2018 World Cup. Uh, you made the point that this Polish team, they're older. I agree with you. The setup, I still think, gave him opportunities to score. He just wasn't able to capitalize. 2018, the Poland national team. That was their first World Cup they made, I believe, since 2002. Or sorry, they made in 2006. But in that World Cup, if you guys remember, Colombia finished first in their group. Japan finished second. Senegal finished third. And the only reason why is because they had, uh, I guess, they got in trouble for having too many yellow cards. So that was the tiebreaker against them. And Poland was last. So Lewandowski is a guy that I don't know. It seems at the World Cup he doesn't play well. The Euros he does well, but that was the conversation. Yeah, I think um, coming into this season and the World Cup, 
I think Levy was, you know, he still had that chip on his shoulder. So I think, you know, starting out the season, he really wanted to prove himself, you know, show that he's worth the big money move to Barca and all that kind of stuff. Um, but towards the latter end of the season, getting ready for the World Cup, he just kind of seemed out of place. Like he didn't seem mentally focused. And then plus him getting that red card before the World Cup start, I definitely think that um, has played um, on his mind. But then when you look at, you know, the Poland team nowadays, I don't they have talent throughout the, the team, but it's not like to the level where he's able to depend on them to create chances for him and for him to, you know, be that prolific score that we've known him to be at Bayern Munich and, you know, now at Barcelona. Um, him missing that penalty, honestly, again, that that kind of played on his mind because being a striker and having that pressure, especially at a World Cup when you're looking for that first goal. Um, you kind of want to get that goal and just kind of like calm your nerves and knowing Lewandowski, you know, once he gets his first goal, like it's, it's over, he's going to get that second or probably that third and just him missing that chance, just kind of like it killed his confidence and then him missing the second penalty. So for me, um, you know, Lewandowski missing that second penalty, um, you know, even though he got that retry, you know, I think at that point he was really confidence is already down as it is. And then looking at the team, I just feel like he didn't really, have the chances for him to score like he's normally used to. Um, he's so used to like dropping in midfield sometimes and connecting play and trying to create stuff. And I just feel like, you know, on a Poland team, like, although he has a freedom to do stuff like that, I feel like once he starts trying to come back into midfield and, you know, trying to create, it kind of takes away from who's going to be up there to score goals. So, I mean, it's, it's a horrible World Cup for him. You know, he has to take it for what it is. Um, you know, like we said, not everybody's able to perform on the World Cup stage. And, you know, sadly, we're, we're going to have to add Levy to that list. Yeah. And, hey, he's a he's the all-time leading scorer of his country. No one can deny yeah. he's the greatest player in his country's history by far. But like you said, it, it's tough. Wayne Rooney's another one. All-time yeah. great player. Only one World Cup mm-hmm. goal. And it's not like he's in a situation of Lewandowski that, He's playing on a team that maybe doesn't have the same talent as his as his club team, Wayne Rooney. I mean, England World Cup, come on, man. And only one goal. So it's interesting. There's a few other players like that. But what do y'all think about this De Bruyne conversation, uh, Anthony? You know, we've talked about how similar to like the Bruno Fernandez Cristiano thing about Belgium was trying to wonder throughout the years when Eden Hazard started to have injury issues about, hey, do we build this team about around De Bruyne? But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it ever happened. Of course, Lukaku being hurt this year doesn't help. But what do you think about De Bruyne when he plays for Belgium? Um, this year, it seemed like they tried him more on the right wing, like he used to play as a youngster, but didn't look the same. Yeah, I didn't like how up high he was. I felt I feel like when um somebody of his skill is better actually in the midfield to where they can influence the game and send a pass into somebody to act, to score. Um he's not somebody to look to receive the ball, which is what they wanted him to do. He's just that just made him look like he was running around out there really chilling. Um yeah, I feel like he was uh, used uh, incorrectly. And something against Belgium, and not just him, uh, Yuri uh, Tillmans was was on smoke before the World Cup. And I don't know why he wasn't really playing. 
before um, or like before they got eliminated. Um, so I really just didn't like their lineups that their manager was going with. Word, word. Now, uh, do any of y'all have a player that y'all think they kind of looked funny in the light this year? Um, for me, you know, I'm I'm biased, so I'm looking at the Ghana national team. So I'll I'll go on a rant in a few minutes. <laughs> um, for me, when I looked at Brazil earlier, I think the only player that just looked a little bit um out of place will be um Rafinha and maybe Militao. Um. I just feel like Rafinha, although he is the only option that they have to, I don't think he is the only option, but I guess they just favor him on that wing. But I feel like a lot of time he just didn't seem as confident as, you know, the rest of the team was when it came down to like going 1v1 or, you know, just like his, his creativity just doesn't seem up to par with the rest of the team. So that's, I mean, that might be a little glitch within their team, but all in all, I feel like they're a very solid team. Uh, Militop made a few mistakes, but um, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be consistent with him, especially when he has, uh, what's his name next to him, uh, Danny Alves next to him. But those are just like little things that I kind of noticed with Brazil yesterday. Um, I will go with, for my Americans, I will go with Des. Uh, for him to be this like, uh, he's, like he's on the size, but the academy he played in, the clubs he's played on, you would expect his crossing game to be a little bit more potent than it was in the World Cup. And I thought it I thought that that kind of lacked. Um yeah, Captain America also, he he did get a goal. What is that? And he got an assist, but I'm gonna be honest, that, that's not that's not nothing that can lead the line. Like I, I was kind of, yeah, as an American fan, yeah, I'm happy they got out the group. But if we're gonna be really, really honest, all most of those performances were pretty trash outside of Whale and maybe the midfield. So that's what I felt about it. All right, let's get right into it, man. All our favorite teams got knocked out the World Cup. Claytis and I will go last because our teams got knocked out of the group stage. Let's break down the US. 3-1 loss to the Netherlands. Uh, you know, Pulisic, people thought he would be a close call, but he looked good to go. Uh, <laughs> Louis Van Hall said 15 of the 26 Dutch players had flu-like symptoms, sounded fishy, but they looked fine. Uh, Cletus, you was outside, man. Give us your live report in the streets, man. How was you operating? Man, we was in the streets drinking German beer at a German pub, and I officially became a Bayern Munich membership, uh, part of the membership fan club here in D.C. Mia San Mia. Yeah, yes, sir. Mia San District. But, you know, looking looking at that game, um, it was very clear to see that USA still hasn't, like, elevated to the, to the level of European football. Um, a lot of time when Holland attack, it will be, like, three versus four, three versus six. And yeah, they're still able to like make that final pass and stretch USA out and still find a goal. Um, most of the goals that they score are mostly all cutbacks. And it was just like, they were just playing into the midfield or playing into the middle's uh, open space. And USA just kind of found it really hard to, to defend. And I feel like with USA, like they're, they're a team that like kind of huffs and puffs, but they just don't have that killer instinct to kind of like capitalize on the chances. Pulisic could have definitely had a goal in that game. Um, 
they definitely could have tied it and definitely try to push towards the end of the game. But again, I just feel like they still lack that um, that understanding when it comes to like counterattacking, playing into open space and just, you know, finding that open space in the next man to just get that goal. So definitely think USA needs to um, find a striker soon and definitely try to build around Reina and, you know, some of the other uh, young guys and potentially try to like work on that, you know, work on the finishing, uh, trying to, you know, how to explore open space as well, instead of just being a team of high energy work, uh, workhorse people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's whoa, be honest. The midfield whoa, has, has whoa. I've been waiting say, for this. You could say it's a good midfield if you're looking for Conte's kids, but <laughs> in reality, all track stars. You're hey. right. They're all hey. track stars. They're all right. No, I want you to repeat, hey, they're, 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 repeat they're what you said in the chat about the midfield. They're Conte Juniors. You so, call the boys Huff. Yeah, because they're running around they're like Tasmanian Devils. I mean, uh, are they really creating chances? Anthony is a prophet with Taylor, with Tyler Adams. I'll let him elaborate later, but he, he's a prophet. And, and Arsenal Academy, I see why y'all let Eunice Musa go. I, I, wow, Musa, but Musa freaked uh, uh, soccer when we played them. Yeah, yeah, that was a cute draw, nil-nil. You played for zero. What did that get you? Nowhere. <laughs> hey, I would say this about that game. I I wouldn't call my midfield huff. I actually think the tactics were bad, and kind of Louis Van Hill kind of exposed that after post match when he said that they that the U.S. don't adapt or adjust mid game, make mid game adjustments. Um, I feel like what was that in the beginning? If Christian would have made was it? I think it was Christian that, uh, that missed that chance early. If he would have made that goal, they they shook. Because at that point, the U.S. actually had more possession than the Netherlands. They were bossing the game. And the only time that they, what is it, when they did get caught out was when Gakpo dropped deep. He played, they played that crossfield pass, and then they got Depay. They did it twice in a row. I give you that. But to me, that was more on Barhalter. He told the first, the first goal, you can see when it when it happened. McKinney comes up to press. He re- he's reluctant to press because he sees Gakpo on the other side of the pitch. He presses. They play that ball over. It's over with. I think I called it in the chat. I was like, man, they about to score. So I- I- I'll say that. I think, like how you said, they need a striker. If you're going to play or if you're going to play the false nine, then play Aronson. That's what I feel. Stop playing these they're, other fake-ass strikers. Stop playing these fake ass strikers. Aronson was in was in form. What is that? He dropped on he dropped on Virgil Van Dyke when they played when they played Liverpool. Why you can't try him again? I mean, that's what I feel about that game. They need to get a striker. Find out what's really going on with Reyna. And Christian shouldn't be the focal point. He should be an accessory. Okay. Ephraim, do you agree with that? Before I, you expound on your thoughts, should someone else be the main? Out attacking outlet for the U.S. other than Captain America. Yeah, I, I agree with Marcus. I don't think he should be the the main focal point up top. He's not a number nine. He doesn't play that way for Chelsea either. So, um, but you know, as far as like our pieces go, they think, you know, first they of all, think, oh my bad, but E, they think he's a a wide forward that can score goals like Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. That's what they said. He's the LeBron James of soccer. Oh, wait, how many goals does he have in his career already? Well, well, no. So, I mean, look, I I don't, I like him. I like him a lot. But let's just ask, how many goals that he scored from the wing? 
What's his max goals that he scored on the wing? <laughs> that that would tell you everything you need to know about that kid. <laughs> right. And I like him. So don't get me wrong. I think he's there's a place for him in the team, of course. At the same time, I think, you know, like you guys, and I think we've said it in the chat, like the tactics to Louis Von Hall's uh point and Marcus pointed out as well, like they're not they're not up enough. They he doesn't seem like he adjusts. I mean, we had pretty much we dominated possession pretty much the whole game. If you look at the on paper, which is why you should never judge anything on paper, but you look on paper, you would have thought we won the game. We had more shots, more shots on target, more possession, more, you know, more better pass accuracy, less fouls, uh, less yellow card. I mean, anything you can name, we we dominated the stat. Well, not dominated, we led the stats in for sure. Um, at the same time, you know, it's about taking chances. I think Van Hall looked at it like, all right. We'll let you Americans hold possession. Look, make y'all look like y'all Spain for a night. We're gonna get you guys on the counterattack, and they did. They had they had the weapons for it. We were talking about uh, Dumfries, uh, I think last week in the in the group when he was in the group stage, saying he didn't look like he, he should have been really, you know, he didn't look like he was really standing up to to being a starter, but he showed off. He had he he contributed in all three goals of theirs, two assists and a goal. Um, put the dagger in us in the last for the last goal. Um, I like I like what we have going forward though, as far as like, at least our midfield. I'm I'm gonna defend our midfield as well. You're I, I give you some I give you some of that. Like yes, we, we aren't up to snuff as far as you know a dominating presence in the midfield. There's some things that they can work on. At the same time, Musa's 19 years old. I think uh, I think McKinney's what 24, 25 ish, uh, and I know Tyler uh, Adams is 23. So they got some time. You know, all these guys will be under 30 next World Cup, and they'll still be you know. 27 28 you know so i think i think that part of the, the 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 group is probably the strongest part of the group and will have the best i think uh growth from now till then i worry now about the back the back four i don't know about tim ream and zimmerman you know we talked about carter vickers as well uh dest eh, i think I think he'll be fine. I, I wasn't too impressed. I like Anthony Robinson a lot. I think he's pretty uh, creative on that side. He's a pretty tactical player, uh, technical player, excuse me. Um, uh, and our front three, I think we got some We got some work to do. Uh, Rain needs to come in. He needs to be, like uh, Clay just pointed out, I think he probably should be one of the people you look at building around in a way. Um, once they get him right, whatever, whatever that means. However, you know, I don't know if it's head, if it's injuries or, or what, but. Uh, I got high hopes for us in the next World Cup. Very disappointing. Yeah, I give you that. But you know, I'm not. I'm not too disappointed because we were a young team, and I, I didn't expect much out of us, honestly. So, um, but I think we'll be all right for the next one, though, for sure. Are you but, feeling the mighty mouse midfield, Anthony? Hey, before an answer, mm -hmm. Clay, you telling me you wouldn't take Weston McKinney on Chelsea right now? I don't, I don't, I don't need Tasmanian Devils on my team. I need people who are going to come in and score goals and create chances. The American <laughs> Ruben Loftus cheek. <laughs> More Kovacek. Hey, 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 hey. Kovacic <laughs> has won World Cup. I mean, uh, has won hey, Champions hey, League. Has played in a World Cup final. Please don't, don't, don't. Come on, man. That boy has doesn't have the footwork like Kovacic. Go ahead. Like Kovacic. Go ahead, Anthony. Man. Hey, man. Nah, I'm with Clay. I want my midfielders to create chances. McKinney does, though, but, I mean, in an American style, in the sense of Adams, I'm probably the only American that must watch overseas football 
because I would strip that man of his captaincy badge and put that joint on Christian Pulisic so fast just because he's our best player. But do as you will. He's I guess he's okay. But I don't like how the coach sacrificed, I guess, the whole lineup. Reina should have started. I'm with Marcus. Aronson should have probably been the false nine because all that, all that uh, going back and forth was just weird. I I don't know if y'all noticed the body language of Reina after the last match. He was pissed. He knew he got slighted this whole tournament. Um, and even one instance where uh, Burhalter or whatever overthrew the ball to Reina went out of bounds, and you could tell like Reina was sick. It was almost like something internal. It was like, hey, why is he really fucking me like this? Um, you you peeped it, Clay? Yeah, I've heard several um, articles out about how originally Grant Hartson had told Reina to tell the t- um, like the reporter that he was fit, but then Grandma or whatever his name is was telling people that Reina wasn't fit. And Reina, you know, he's been fit for a while. He expected to play, and he's just kind of being left in the dark. So that's been like the tension that's been going on between them two. And uh, Gio's dad also kind of like spoke on it as well um, last week. So there's definitely some some beef going on between those two there. Yeah, and that's nasty. He needs to go. Um, I guess Dan was getting me hip to how we had a German coach before. So we need to go international. We need to. So the yeah, thing we... is, I don't know if y'all hip. The thing about the American board, they want a MLS coach so they can integrate <laughs> the MLS players into the team. And um, and they tried. That's why. So Burhalter, he was cool with most of this group. So he helped them find loans in different countries, supposedly. But yeah, we had Jurgen Klinsmann, and he was the guy that flipped all the Germans to Americans. Julian Green. Flopperoni, another one. Wow. Forgot about that. Jermaine Jones, right? Another buying product. Hey, I told you, Clay, you can have John Brooks back. Hey, hey, we could. We, that's a good segue, actually, Marcus, because Julian Green, they were acting like he was Jamal Musiala. Yeah, yeah. And I that's tried to tell him that was like, you know, <laughs> as, as, you know, as much of potential as he's shown in the Bayern Academy, like, at Bayern, we just knew that he wasn't going to be what USA expected. But I feel like Bayern still try to give him all the tools and resources because they let him go on loan. Yeah. Keeping him, you know, on the bench. So they definitely try to give him the resources. But I just feel like what USA expected from him and where he was at in his career didn't match up, and they just went down here from there. They thought he was Pulisic before Pulisic, and honestly. Well, let's talk about Germany. The second straight time falling out of the group stage of the World Cup. Um, Looks like their best player right now is Jamal Musiala, even though he's still a teenager. One interesting thing, like Anthony said, how he danced on Spain. He had 19 dribbles that match completed. That's the second most in World Cup history. So even though as a teenager, that man showed that he's a baller. He showed up at his first World Cup. Gavi, he's still 18, but hey, I get it. Jokes are jokes, man. But Cletus, as a Diamond Chef fan, what do you think the German national team has to do moving forward? Um, A number of things. And one thing that Germany's always talked about in the past is developing um, center backs and better defenders. And I feel like they started to, and then they kind of like moved away from it. So I, I definitely, in the articles I've been reading in the past couple of weeks, it seems like a lot of shifts 
um, is already taking place um, at the DFB. Uh, Bierhoff has already had, uh, has been removed. Uh, Sama looks like he's going to be coming in and he's been on with the Mannschaft for a couple of years before. So that's, that's a good appointment, I feel like. But team-wise, definitely need to work on that center back, you know, trying to incorporate and develop better defenders throughout just that back line. Um, I don't, I don't want to say I'm opposed to this, but again, I feel like they need to start allowing competition against Neuer. I still feel like he is the best goalie um, for the Mannschaft and, you know, still top three in the world. But I think, you know, just to promote competition and promote the best players in the team, we need to start allowing Ter Stegen to get some PT and, and stuff like that as well. And in regards to Musiala, uh, from what I'm reading, is that the team is going to slowly start to be built around him in the future. He's going to be more so that number 10 creative player. Um, and then also trying to find a striker and really promoting a striker. Um, whether it's going to be a guy who's like a closer or, or Mario Gomez, you know, that's okay. But as long as he's able to score on the national team, um, I think, I mean, I think Germany will be good because they have a load of talent when it comes to creating chances, but not having that striker and not having that, that, you know, that, that, that defender who could really control and tell, you know, everybody like, what the fuck are you doing besides Rudiger? They, they really need that leadership in the back line. So right. hopefully leading up to the Euros, they're able to start, you know, slowly developing new center backs, you know, left back, right backs, and incorporate them into the team over time. Because guys like Tilo Care, I, I don't know how he's lasted in professional football for this long to navigate from Hamburg to PSG and then down in England. I just don't understand how he's been able to, to keep on in this professional life and having a career like this. Great agency. It's like this. How do you go from Ajax, flop at Barcelona, then you go at AC Milan and sit down? Great agencies, man. He's, this is a 007, so, you know. <laughs> but what do you think about what Lothar Matthias said about how Germany doesn't develop talent like they used to and that Musiala was really developed by England, which is true? Um, I don't want to say that Germany isn't developing players because they are developing talent. Um, you also got to look at it like a guy like Timo Werner. Timo's been in form this season ever since he's left Chelsea and playing on the Mannschaft. He's he has a great record and you know he gets injured before the World Cup. But there needs to be more options available than just you know like the guys that are available right now. Um, in the past, if you look at it, you know you could have removed, um, let's say. Muller, you could have put in uh, Podolski. You could have moved closer. You could have put in Mario Gomez. You know, there you were able to shift players around different positions. You had different options in position as opposed to nowadays. It's, it's like there's only one available option for each position. For sure. Now, yeah, while you guys have an optimistic future, nah, we do too, but it's just too much corruption. Ghana, as y'all know, we needed a result against Uruguay to advance to the knockout stage and we crashed out getting embarrassed by Uruguay 2-0. If you guys heard um, the last episode of The Last Dan, y'all know my thoughts, but I'll say it again over here. I told I, I thought he was a coach that wanted to lead Ghana, but he didn't. He was, you know, coerced by Kodoraku, the Ghana FA president. They let him get any accommodation he wanted, so he was rocking with Cletus. This will make you laugh. Kurt Araku, the Ghana FA president, 
He came up in the game as an agent. You know what are his best deals, Cletus? One of the best moves in money laundering history? Baba Rahman, that's his client. Okay, okay. That's why that bum still be starting for Ghana, even okay. though he goes on loan every year. So we have this type of influence going on. We have players who are seem to be fighting over playtime and whoop-de-whoop now. Supposedly today, Kamal Somwe, he's a very talented winger. Seems like he has beef. People try to say Suleimana had beef, but he said it's cap. It's geek, but we just similar to what Germany has to do. Ghana has to build the national team around Mohamed Kudus. We also have Suleimana. We have a lot of young talent we can develop this country around. It's time to move on. Uh, similar to Germany, we have to let some of these OGs say, thank you for your service. I, you brothers, go away. Thomas Partey, you another one, bro. I didn't bring you up earlier because I'll say it now. You're a player that, yeah, for your country, you're kind of a ghost. AFCON, I never really see you. World Cup, you're a ghost. So he's another one. You're 29, going on 30. We already know African mileage is different because, you know, paperwork can be funny. Y'all already know I've been telling y'all about the stories of Partey partying and London shaking it up with all the Africans. Cletus knows, Marcus knows they might be at the club with him in London in a couple months. He'd be so, outside. Marte be outside. Yeah, so I mean... He probably already took the flight back with Sterling. Yeah, so... We got to rebuild in a lot of ways, but I, I am optimistic because I can honestly say Mohamed Kudus is probably, he has the potential to be the greatest Ghanaian player ever. And we have to honor that and take advantage of that because we can't waste this. We wasted Abede Pele. We wasted Tony Abois. We wasted Samuel Kofo. How did we have these three talented players and we didn't win no AFCON didn't go to the World Cup in the 90s. We can't waste Mohamed Kudus, Suleimana, Isahaku, Salisu. We can't waste these kids. Lamte, we can't waste them. So that's what I'll say. But one man who isn't wasting his opportunities, I think he's the best player in the world right now, Kylian Mbappe. My man has nine World Cup goals already. He's 23. I, it's amazing, man. He's another guy that I think... When people say who's the greatest player of all time, hey, there's no wrong answer. Everyone has their own perspective. I truly think he is the only one, though, on the same trajectory as Pele and that can accomplish what he did, but in a different way. What do y'all think about Mbappe's performance at the World Cup so far? It's 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 crazy. Like, as much as like you watch him play all the time, but every time you watch him play, it's just like, it, the the energy that he has when he has the ball at his feet is just like it's crazy. You just want to watch him. You just want to see him beat the next man, get that shot off, and he's doing it. Like most players, you'll be like, you know, I hope he could get a goal or an assist or something. But like when Killian has the ball, he's creating some form of magic. And um, like you said, like he he's honestly on a trajectory of you know being one of the best players in the world. Like. And just even looking at his goal record in a World Cup already. Next World Cup, he is going to, you know, eventually will, even in this World Cup, he has the possibility of becoming the top goal scorer in history. 
So I feel like, you know, he's only going to go up, 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 and up. And honestly, I just wish him the best. If he could win the World Cup again, it's going to be something crazy. Yeah, I agree. And and to your point, Clay, I think, like, looking at his goal return now, I mean, France in total has scored nine goals the whole tournament. He's uh, contributed in seven of them. So that just tells you right, right there what he's doing and how much of an impact he's having on this team, especially scoring goals. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it's hard to say that he's not the best, if you know, player. If not the second, but I don't even know who you say would be over top of him right now, honestly. So um, the only thing that man is missing is the Champions League. He needs to get one of them in his bag. But he's done it. He's done it all. He's won his. He's won his local. I mean, his uh, a club championship. Obviously, he's won. You know, the World Cup. You know, he could easily you know be one of the ones that win another World Cup two two in a row. I mean, who's done that? Yeah. Right. Who can who can claim that really? So uh and he'll be a he'll be a, a big part of it. He's not just a bit part player. He is the player on that team. So, yeah, I agree. I think he's. Yeah. Easily yeah. probably the best player in the league in the world right now. Marcus, what what did your OG say? Killy and killy. Hey, man, we call him killy, 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 killy. Hey, man, it's a joy watching this boy right now, bro. I don't know what him and Thurman be talking about before the game, before that last game, but he was on something, bro, because as soon as he got to go, Thurman rushed him. It was like just rushing him with love. So it's a joy to see, man. It's a joy to see the young the young goat out here. That's what I'm going to give him. That's what title I'm going to give a young goat. Anthony, how does it feel, man? The last World Cup, I think, and I was bothering Anthony. I'd be at his house, me and Ephraim was there too. We would be watching the World Cup. Anthony was just getting into soccer, so he saw Mbappe's ascension, ascension, excuse me. So how does it feel that four years later, Anthony looks like he's gone up like five levels? Uh, it's actually amazing to watch. It's like Claytus said, he's um he's dominant on the ball and he's having fun. Every time he gets it, it's like, oh, he's he's about to get jiggy. He's about to do something amazing. Um, his speed, even uh, the highlight that's going around now when his off the ball little move body faint dropped a, a defender. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's just that, one, yeah, he's just that good. So, um, it's actually amazing to watch. And Ephraim said it, he dominated uh, his club competitions, uh, but still needs the Champions League. But seeing him get the pinnacle of soccer trophies the world cup once and almost can't get it again like a favorite too like one of them it's amazing to watch it's pretty cool it's like uh steph curry if if, if i was just now coming to nba to america to watch the nba and it's like well who, who's the best player and i'm looking at steph curry's like wow look at those shots drop yeah and Mbappe's that guy he's a generational talent that's wow i i get to see him that's a nice comparison. I like that. And yeah. you guys are right. Uh, he he needs a Champions League. But the thing is with him, it's like he's been amazing in the Champions League too. He's the leading scorer of the Champions League and the World Cup right now. So it's crazy. But, uh, hey, let's get into, you know, our leading segments. Champagne, goal of the week. What do y'all got, man? Who wants to set it off? Man, I'll go with Richarlison. Like, just that movement alone, the juggle on the head, 
the the flick around the run like you know that that was like real Brazilian samba football goal right there. It was beautiful to see that. And then you know everybody getting in doing a dance, even the coach doing the the number the pigeon dance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was turned up, man. Ronaldo doing the drink now. I'm I'm really happy for Richardson, honestly. Yeah, me too, man. You're right. Uh, I agree with you. That's my champagne goal of the week. I'm gonna go with uh, yeah, my bad, Dan. I'm, I'm gonna go with uh. Gonzalo Ramos. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his Portuguese name there, but his first goal was unreal. The way he turned on the wrong side and hit that near post uh, over, I think, Summer is the goalie for, uh, for Switzerland. Yeah, yep. uh, 17th minute. Say again. No, I'll say, yeah, it's Summer. Yep. 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 I'm going to go with that one because that was unreal the way he turned and made that. So that's mine. That was a banger. Hey, I'm going to go with me and Clay, our Portuguese young boy, Mr. Rafael. Hey, I call him Leo. Yeah, he said, fuck you, Ronaldo. I'm going to get this goal. I don't care about the angle. (laughs) See? See? Marcus is a part of the media making it about Christian. Oh, shit. I'm telling. All of Cristiano's sons are, are shining right now, so... I'm not bad, bro. All those, all of them are always talking about Cristiano influenced me, so it's okay. You know who else is uh Cristiano's son thriving? Uh, Bukayo Saka, you know. So yeah, uh, Anthony, what's your champagne goal of the week? I'm gonna have to go with the. Uh, it's not a straight up goal. It's actually a penalty. I'm gonna go with Hakimi's Paneka to send Spain home. It was beautiful. It was gutsy. And then he had a dance afterwards that the waddles. Yeah. Hey man. Hey, nice one, Anthony. And I'm glad you mentioned him because Hakimi, this brother was born and raised in Spain, but he decided to play for Morocco, the family of the, uh, the country of his ancestors. So for him to make the game winning penalty to knock out where he was born and raised for his homeland. That's beautiful. That's poetic justice right there. And all, and all you African boys should be doing that too. But anyways, <laughs> who's in the club with y'all, man? My club, hey, I'm the Brazil national team, TT. He's doing the pigeon dance, man. They got the OG doing it. Y'all know he's as pragmatic as it comes when you have the coach dancing. That's beautiful. And of course, Richarlison is in that too, because like Clayton said, uh, to see his rise is beautiful. They got a picture, a video of him doing the dance when he was a young homie in the hood. So for him to be hitting it at the World Cup with the coach, that's wild. Hey, I got the whole Morocco squad in the club, and we call them about 10. No, hold on. How many penalties did, did Spain miss? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so, uh, Bono, get three bottles, man. Yeah, yeah, sparkling champ, sparkling apple cider. You know, no alcohol. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. I, me, <laughs> me, and the fellas will drink all the lick for you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Portugal. Uh, I think I don't know how many people really had them as a serious uh, contender to win. I mean, maybe one of them, but I don't know. They look really good, and so I'm gonna go with them. They look dangerous. I love their attacking uh, three or their attacking front. I should say. So yeah, man, I'm going with Portugal. I'm I'm gonna go with Morocco. 
They're in the club, man. They bossed it up, did their thing, moving on to the next round. See, it's focused because I could be outside with Brazil. And you know those boys, go, they go up. But, you know, that boy, he electric right now, man. We outside with Killian. Killy, Killy, Mbappé. Killy, 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 Killy. Hey, Daniel, is, he's next for that gym, man. <laughs> he's sick, man. Shout out Sturridge, man. That's what we call him. <laughs> Before we go, we have to talk about the World Cup. We down to the Elite Eight, you know. It's a lot of great matches. It starts on Friday, December 9th at 10 a.m. Croatia plays Brazil. This is Eastern time. And at a 2 p.m., we have Netherlands, Argentina. Let's start with the Friday matches. Um, Do you guys, does anybody here think Croatia can cause an upset? I mean, they did make the final last World Cup. Is Neymar not playing? I'm not seeing it. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that, that's the only way because they subbed off uh, Modric, right? So, like old legs are starting to take their toes. So now nah, I don't see it. Brazil boys gonna run them around. Pakita gonna 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 be out there hunting again. Some boys. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think Croatia's really. I mean, they may give them a a little scare. Maybe nil nil in like the 60th minute still. But other than that, I think at the end of the day, Brazil's gonna pull out with that. Anthony, what are your thoughts, man? Croatia, can they cause the upset? Man, ain't no Cinderella story happening, man. It's it's a wrap. <laughs> Brazil's taking care of business. Well, hey, if Brazil gets a World Cup medal, shout out Gabriel Jesus. He's out at least three months, so they say. Arsenal's championship hopes are over, even though I always told y'all it was never real because I knew one injury and the team is deleted because we have no depth. So uh, shout out Eddie and Ketia. This is your chance. You don't want to play for Ghana because you still think you can play for England? Let's see. But <laughs> yeah, I'm with y'all, man. Brazil's got it. But for Netherlands, Argentina, I'm picking the upset. I'm going with the Netherlands. I think Louis van Gaal... And his pragmatic tactics of counterattacking, absorbing the pressure, and hitting people on the counter with that pace, I think it can cause Argentina damage. And I got it, Netherlands 2, Argentina 1. Yeah, I'm going to ride that one, too. I, I think uh, I liked how they just kind of surprised. I think it surprised me, at least, uh, of how they played the U.S. and letting the U.S. dominate possession and just hitting them on the counter and I think they'll do the same thing as well so I'm I'm with you I think they'll end up squeaking out an upset Louis Van Gaal's army yeah now they play better on the counterattack, and I feel like they have more depth in attack even it doesn't seem like they do but I feel like they do with like all the wings that they have they're able to interchange um so I definitely think um Holland is definitely going to go through uh, for this, this game is going to be a really big game for Argentina. I think this is the first time they're like really playing a, an elite team in a sense. So it'll be good to see how, how they fare out. For sure. Now, Saturday games, Morocco, Portugal at 10 a.m. And of course, the big match that everyone is waiting for England, France, 2 p.m. 
Now, like I said earlier, Morocco's the fourth African nation to make the quarterfinal. Do you guys think they can be the first to make the semifinal? No. I feel an upset. Uh-oh. Talk about it, Clay. I don't know. I feel like with Portugal, they have this, this thing where, like, they hit a high and then they hit a random dip. And I think with a team like Morocco, I think they're definitely going to get their rest. Um, and, again, play with some heart. They're definitely going to be able to get a goal in the game. Um, but it'll be good to see how, how Portugal reacts to this game because I, I feel like an upset might be out there. I think – Portugal has it because they were able to brush aside Switzerland so easily and rest players while Morocco had to play 120 minutes, then the pressure, the penalties. I think they're just happy to make the quarterfinals and then they're going to get brushed aside. Uh, Portugal sending Morocco home. My upset would actually be Argentina over Netherlands, if you can call that upset. Hey man, Argentina's number two ranked team in the world according to FIFA. <laughs> but hey, I believe in um I believe in Messi and um yeah, England going home too. Hey, let's go to it. But Anthony, you said nah, you, you Morocco, they shot off French Montana, but it's over, right? Yeah, it's a wrap, man. Uh, I think Portugal's gonna steamroll them. They're uh I think they're in form. They they're waking up and they're gonna play as a collective team that's not gonna hold back. Uh that, that Spain shit's not about to happen. Just pass this. I'm sorry. Portugal's a different animal from my perspective. Yeah. All right, now France, England. Uh Marcus, you already let it be known. I gotta go with Killy, Killy and Bappe. I, I have to, man. Even Saka said it best. One person asked him, hey, you're the leading scorer of England. Do you think you can try to answer Mbappe? Is it going to come down to who can outshine who? And, he, and Saka said, hey, there's only one Mbappe, and that's him. I'm I'm not there yet. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Who, who's trying to deal with him? Uh, Kieran Trippier? Yeah, nah, I'm sorry. Sit that boy down because he is not going to mess with Mbappe at all. So I think I'm taking France too. I think it might be close, uh, like two to one or something like three two, something like that. But yeah, I'm going with France. I seen Rio Ferdinand. I think talking about France doesn't have a good team or as good of a team as England. And you know, I, I kind of laugh, but yeah, I honestly. It would be an upset if France was to lose this game. That's what I would call an upset. But, yeah, I definitely see Le Bleu winning uh, 3-1. Killy, 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 killy. Dropping two on England, man. Mm. Anthony? Hey, if he does that. Hey, man, Marcus, I was going to say he's about to drop three. He's about to eat <laughs> greedy. Yeah, it's France winning all the way. Yeah, that's what's up. So, looks like the only place we disagree is Cletus feeling the Morocco upset. I think that's Cristiano Parpagan. I was the I was the only Argentina boy too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you're the only Argentina. Shot, yeah, I, I could say. 
that would be cool if Morocco would win and hey, if Messi can make the semifinal, that'd be cool too. I don't I don't know. I feel like with this quarterfinal, it's not like I'm rooting against any team. All the teams have interesting team uh players, stories. Should be fun. Y'all got any plans? How y'all going to be enjoying this uh, World Cup weekend? Oh, yeah. You know, we back outside, man. Back outside, boys. <laughs> Facts with our pinkies up. Ephraim, are you going to be watching the matches with Deion Sanders? Uh, I may try to find somewhere out here in Denver to, to watch on Saturday at least. Friday, I got to kind of maneuver since I'm working, quote unquote, working on Friday. Yeah, see, I don't know. I, I would be outside with Cletus and them, but I don't like watching sports with strangers when I'm really trying to lock in. I don't know. And I don't like being too blasted to watch sports, so I don't know. I think I'm just too old now. It's a different vibe, man. At first, I was like, I know folks don't really be knowing stuff, but when you're outside and you're in, that, in the moment and the vibe hits you, yeah. How you feeling, Anthony? You outside this weekend? <laughs> I'm sipping eggnog in my house, watching the matches. Yeah, I, I'm digging that. Yeah, I might be. I might walk down on Anthony, man. That's where I be at watching most of these matches, anyways, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm cooling. You know me. I'm in the back cave. For sure, but hey, man. <laughs> Champagne soccer looks like we all killy killy and Mbappe, man. Killy killy. <laughs> Hey, man, Marcus, you got last words for us, man? Hey, man, till next time, keep them pinkies up. We out. Killy, 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 killy. Niggas is funny as shit. If we wins the World Cup, bro, that, that's going to be the track this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're going to record it. Champagne soccer, we're recording it. We're going to call Sturridge and get the remix out. Hey, we got a sample. <laughs> we got a sample Sturridge on that motherfucker. Mbappe, Ryan scoring a double fam. You know how to do it again. Mbappe, 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 dog. Kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. Mbappe, 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 dog. Kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. He was gone, he was gone, yeah. He was gone.